everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Joining me on this DevOps chat is Jeff Hudson, CEO of Venify. Jeff, welcome to DevOps chat. Hi, Alan. Great to be with you again. Yes, it is. It's been years, Jeff. You know, the question is, I guess if you live long enough, you meet everyone and it all comes around. And I'm talking about me, not you. <laughs> but uh, Jeff, is, you spoke a little off My Congratulations are in order. Venify just announced, I guess it was last Thursday or Friday, a, uh, a new round of venture capital raised a $100 million round. And uh, congratulations. Thank you very much, Alan. We, um, we've been, as you know, we've been working on solving this problem for customers for a long time. Mm-hmm. And because of a lot of the changes that have occurred in the market uh, and our success in helping customers, um, we've gotten this business to a point and it's become really, the, the problem has become so acute that um, it's, it's incredibly valuable. And you know, nobody ever set out. I know when I first joined the company years ago, I didn't foresee this. I mean, we were just working really hard. And, um, and then, you know, good things happen when you do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just keeping your nose to the grindstone is, is what it's about. But Jeff, let, before we jump into the $100 million and, and all of what that entails, let, let's just do a little kind of bookkeeping, if we will, here, a little groundkeeping. Um, there might be some people who are listening in who are not familiar with with Venify and, and you know, what, what it all is that Venify does. And, you know, I always like to tell people, well, it's about machine identities. And I realize, well, I know what that means because I've heard, I've been listening to the Vanify pitch now, you know, for years and years, but not everyone does. When we, we talk about my machine identities, Jeff, what are we talking about? Okay, so let me give you some context. Um, there's two actors on a network, people and machines. And people get on the network by identifying themselves to a machine using a human identity the username and password, and sometimes biometrics. But then machines have to talk to one another, and they have to identify themselves to one another. They don't use usernames and passwords. They use machine identities, certificates, keys, other kinds of things. And we know that the fact that your business is, your reach in your audience has grown so much is in large part due to the fact that Digital transformation is occurring and has occurred, and it's all built on the backs of machines. So the number of machines is going through the roof. The number of people is relatively flat. In fact, we spend $8 billion a year protecting human identities, and we're just getting started understanding the need and spending money to protect machine identities. And so what's really crystallized is the bad guys know this. They know that machine identities aren't protected. And so what they're doing is they're using these unprotected identities in their attacks. And so, you know, that's, that's sort of the market. What we did, and the reason we got as successful as we were, is we created technology, very good technology, in fact, world-class technology, um, for the world's largest and most security-conscious organizations to protect their machine identities, which means having visibility on where they are, intelligence about what they mean, to be trusted or not, good or bad, and finally, and I think really relevant to our conversation today, is the ability to automate all that because people have no business being in between machines. So 
so that's the context and that's what we you know i've i've participated in and you've watched and been part of uh from a commentator's point of view um doing the great job you do helping people understand and communicating for the last eight years absolutely and i'm thanks Thanks, Jeff, because I, I, I certainly couldn't have said it that well. And I, I think that really makes it easy for people to understand what it is we're talking about. And, and you did. You mentioned the magic word there, automation or automate. And, you know, again, just for maybe the people who don't live in our world, you know, automation and digital transformation is, and automation is part of it, is happening at such a rapid pace, right? And we see the proliferation of whether it be IoT devices, which at the end of the day are machines, or containers and, and cloud and new infrastructure, even serverless stuff. It, it's still machines talking to machines here. So as you said, while humans, the number of humans have remained relatively fat, flat vis-a-vis the number of machines, you know, we're undergoing a, a huge population boom in, in terms of the number. Do you have a, a guesstimate of about, you know, in terms of, I, I mean, we can go by IP addresses. I don't even know what the right yardstick is. But how many how many machines are there out there, you think, at this point? Oh, I mean, it's, it's in the billions. Oh, yeah. Really in the billions, in the many, many, many billions. And it almost becomes irrelevant when you talk about is it, you know, 10, 20 or 100 billion. It doesn't yeah. really matter because it, and the thing is, if you think back, even seven or eight years ago, the networks that we lived in and the machines were relatively static and stable compared to today. I mean, they were real machines. Virtual machines were just coming on the scene, but yeah. it was, you know, these are real boxes. And the fastest those boxes moved was at the speed of a FedEx plane. <laughs> and, you know, if you wanted to stand up, if you want to stand up 10,000 servers in a data center, hell, you had to get to the power company to get power. You had to get uh, heating and you had to get raised floors and you had to do all this stuff. And it would take literally years. I was and in today, <laughs> I know, you, you know. Today yeah. you want to stand up 10,000 servers? It really is. You type one command and it's done. And so it's like all this world, moving, slow moving world, now it's been collapsed down, it's been put into digital form. You can do routers and gateways and VPNs and top of rack and servers and storage. You can, you can create all of that in a matter of seconds. And it used to take literally years. And so the speed, the, the, even more than the number, is the speed at which it moves. And yeah. the speed actually allows for the number, right? Because then what happens is people figure all kinds of ways to use these to apply, uh, to apply them to problems. And then you mentioned containers. So taking a problem that's, you know, let's say it, it, the problem weighs 100 pounds and breaking it down into 101-pound problems. And then making all those one pounds, making many of them so that you never have to update them. You can just destroy them and put a new one back in place. Now you've just taken one hundred pound machine. You've created, you know, 10, you've created a thousand one pound machines and they go at the speed of light. So if you look at what's changed in the last eight years, it's almost unfathomable. Yep. 
No, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, it's almost speed times volume, you know, is an EMC squared kind of equation. But, Jeff, I, I think we've defined it well for the audience now. Now, let's talk a little bit about what does Venify do vis-a-vis securing these machines, you know, and securing their identity? I'm not, I'm not asking you to give away the family secret sauce recipe, but, right, how does, how does Venify secure the identity of these machines? Sure. So, um, first of all, probably worthwhile to just briefly touch on the machine types, which you mentioned. There can be physical machines. You know, it could be a server, it could be a switch, it could be an IoT device like a camera. So there's physical machines. There are virtual machines. We pretty much understand that, the VMware part of the world. There are containers, which can, multiple containers can run on a virtual machine. Um, There are .exe, so any kind of an application is, if you think about it, a machine. You mentioned serverless, so an API is a machine. You attach to an API, it's going to do stuff for you. So it's a machine. Algorithms are machines. If we look at Wall Street, um, the rise of algorithmic trading um, and what's happened with that over the last 15 years from, you know, 5% of all volume to over 95% of all volume. It's machines. And if you look at blockchain, what's the key characteristic of a blockchain? It's a private key. It comes from a certificate, which is a machine identity. So it's machines. So these are all machines. And that is clearly powering the digital transformation. So then the question is, why do you need identities? Well, same reason you need identities for human is you need to be able to know if this if this belongs. So if you're the if you are the one that owns the machine, you give it an ID so you know it belongs, just like you do a human. And then you gotta know. Is that identification being used simultaneously twice in the same place? You know, things like that. You got to know, is it been compromised? You got to know all those kinds of things about it. And the machine identities are ones that you brought up. You brought up certificates, SSL certificates, TLS certificates. There's things like SSH keys, which are like a certificate, only the authority that issues them is different. Um, There are API keys. There's just a lot of different machine identity types. And what we know, every, every identity, and let's talk specifically machine identity, it, it, it is given life. It is born. There is a, a state, a, a place where it, is, where it goes through inception. It begins. The identity begins. Like when you get a birth certificate, when you get the passport, when you get the driver's license. Somebody creates an identity and, and gives it to you. The same thing has to happen with machines. Somebody got to create an identity. And then at that point, it means something. It means I own it, I control it, it's got access it has to it, and it gives it to that machine. And then it goes through a number of different stages in its life cycle. There's workflow associated with creating the identity. There is knowledge of, of where that identity is in use and what it gives the user access to, and that can change over time. There's an overarching environment in the cryptography world that's always changing that is the foundational part of this this identity so if an identity is created and then the the fundamental technology somehow is compromised or is broken that identity is now invalid you got to know where it is you got to be able to replace it so there's all these things that go on and all this has got to be done under automation until the point where you end the life of the machine and you better kill the identity. 
So you better take it away because it could be used by some other entity if you don't destroy it and, and then let everybody know this, this thing's no longer existent. So it's the whole life cycle from inception to revocation or death. It's taking care of that every step of the way and fully automating it. And at the same time, where humans must insist that they be involved in the process, give them an easy way to get in and get out, but not but, but cause them not to have to be part of the process to slow it down. So that's, you know, you think about the, the three pillars I talked about, visibility, you know, seeing where all these things are, um, intelligence, knowing what they all mean, and automating it, everything from it just was given birth all the way to the end of its life. And, and Venify's got over 200 million hours of operational history on our platform running in the world's largest corporations this very thing. So we protect the machine identities for the world's largest corporations. So all the big airlines, all the big banks, all the big retailers, all the big healthcare insurers. And um, it's, it's uh, pretty amazing the journey we've gone on. It's really been fun to watch this, this complete wholesale change in the way computing's being done today. Jeff, I got to tell you, in all the years I've spoken to you and, and folks at Venify, absolutely hands down the best explanation and, and, you know, demonstration of what you guys do, I've heard. And if anyone out here listening can't understand it now, shame on them. So, excellent. Well, thank you, Al. And by the way, if, you know, the, the job I do here is the job of CEO, and if I can't do this, then shame on me. So, but thank you for, thank you for reflecting that. Good stuff. All right, let's, let's turn to the $100 million. It's a nice round number. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, a hundred million doesn't get you what it used to, I guess. But there's still a lot you can do with it. One of the things I read is that you guys are setting aside, I don't know, twelve, twelve and a half million dollars for the sort of a fund for third party folks who, who will work on machine identity technology. Is that right? That's correct. Yep, that was uh, that was one of the reasons we raised the money is to fund. Uh, the Machine Identity Protection Development Fund. So exactly right. And so talk, maybe someone's out there thinking, wow, I, I could use somebody. I'm, I'm working in this field. What, what, what are you looking for here? Um, okay, so uh, just a little context. If you think about any network, uh, the World Wide Web, if you think about a corporate network, any kind of network, there's many machines. They all need identities. They all need to be protected. They all need to have um, hooks back into something that that can automate, can provide the visibility and the intelligence, um, all that. And that, you know, in a large corporation, is hundreds, hundreds of different kinds, types of machines. And we've talked about some of them. You know, everything from a Palo Alto firewall to you know, the Kubernetes platform to the HashiCorp orchestration platform. Um, think of Chef Salt, Puppet, um, all those kinds of things. All the different CAs that actually create create uh, certificates, um, the different protocols that are out there, you know, the different cloud services. So Amazon and, and Azure and GCP are all standing up cloud services now that run machines and use machine needs identities. And they're trying to add more and more to take care of whatever in their little part of this web. Although sometimes it seems like Amazon owns the whole thing. Not really. 
I mean, you look at the wide expanse of of computing that's being done today, whether it's you know whether it's on premise, whether it's in clouds, um, it's it's wide open, and it's really fun to watch this. Um, but so you've got all of these different places where machine identities live, and the places that machines that need machine identities, and that's a whole lot of integration work. So we have, you know, around 200, 200 partners today that have either built integrations like F5, for example, or Palo Alto or Checkpoint or somebody like that, um, or some of the DevOps uh, orchestration and security platforms. They've built them or we've built them. They're available to customers worldwide to hook back and identify platforms. And what we have seen is a desire for almost all machine types to be integrated into Venify platform. So we are, um, we've created this, uh, the first, we've created the development fund. We put the first tranche of funding into it, 12 and a half million to uh, sponsor system integrators, developers, um, people who create machines and consume machine identities to sponsor them and to pay them to integrate their machines into the Venify platform. So our customers have full benefit of, of, of the platform and all the machine types that may be throughout their network. Got it. You know, Jeff, certainly last week was AWS reInvent. And, in you know, you mentioned Amazon. Even AWS had to acknowledge the existence of the hybrid cloud and on-prem data centers you know, working in the foreseeable future along with public cloud infrastructure. And, you know, I, I was in China twice over the last, let's say, eight months. And as big as AWS is, you you really, you know, like the Disney song, it, it is a small world after all. And you realize how big some of the other places, you know, when you go look at what Alibaba and Baidu and Tencent and those guys are building. And, um you know, it's not all Microsoft's resurgence is, you know, top valued company and all and all of that. How much of that is built on Azure and the cloud? So certainly it's a big world out there. Um, so beyond third parties, Jeff, what do you think is next for Venify? You know, what's next on this uh, more than five year mission now on this mission to go where no, no machine identity provider has gone before? Well, just to be clear, we're not the provider, right? We interface with all the providers. So like DigiCert and, and Entrust and all those guys. And But to your point, um, what's next? And I get asked this question all the time. And, you know, if you're gonna, somebody's going to give you $100 million, there's got to be an awful lot next. Mm-hmm. And there is, a, there is a lot next. And so um, what's next is um, all the new machine identity types that are out there on the horizon that are coming our way, that are the ability to scale and, and, and support you know, billions and billions of these things. Um, what's next is um, helping all of the industry really understand how important this is and get on board with it. Um, so we don't have to squint very hard to see probably a 15, 20-year runway 
on getting the entire world, getting all the machines in the world to a place where their identities are protected. I mean, because humans are still part and parcel of this. And some of the, the infrastructure, the hybrid infrastructure, and some of our critical infrastructure, that's not even programmable today. I mean, some of this, you know, people say, well, what about my identities on my SCADA network? And I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, that would be great. But um, some of those things aren't even programmable. No. So you've connected them to the Internet, but you can't protect them because you can't replace identities. And, and you know, the world's starting to wake up to that. So, um, again, this is an area where I'm not going to, you know, obviously open the kimono too far. Uh, we've done a lot in research. We've got over 30 patents. Um, we are doing a lot more in research uh, in this space. And by focusing on this the way we have, we get insights that sometimes others don't get. So there's a whole lot more coming. And and the other thing that's, that's so much in our favor, or the, the tailwinds that are in the favor of the machine, is the expanding capability. So you think of the very first time you ever touched a piece of silicon that had a keyboard and a monitor on it, and what, if anything, it was even hooked up to. It might have been an RS-232 link mm-hmm. and you know, a serial link. And today, I mean, these machines are not only trading stock at you know a million times faster and more effectively than humans can, but they're starting to drive cars. <coughs> they're starting to operate. They're starting to do all kinds of other stuff. They're starting to get really small and go inside people's bodies and do things that the normal parts of us can't do, whether that's, you know, uh, it's an artificial heart, something to help uh, mobilization, um, you know, different kinds of functions. So they're becoming part of us. And we need to know that those things can be trusted. And the only way to do it is with a identity you've got to start with that so there's so much in the future and the other thing that that i think is really important for everybody to understand and and you know i know that the, the people that are in the know will go well this is obvious but a lot of people don't quite understand this and that is most of our security strategies up until recently were predicated on i could draw a perimeter around something I can yeah. put a firewall between it and where the bad things lived, right? And and so I would create this perimeter, and anything that was in the perimeter, if you think about it, anything that was in there was something I put in, I allowed in, one. And number two, I protected it by protecting it at the perimeter. So it was a perimeter defense model. And so everything inside was mine, and it was safe because I protected it at the perimeter. Well, then we move things into mobile devices. Then we create these giant white pipes to our partners, our customers. Then we move all these machines out into the cloud, workloads into the cloud. There's no perimeter. So when a perimeter goes away, you can't say this stuff, the perimeter's gone. You can't say, well, this is mine anymore because then you have to say everything in the world is mine. You can't say I can defend it because there's no perimeter defense. So what you end up with is identity. Security is identity. If you can't identify, you don't know if you can protect it, if it is yours, or if you can protect against it. And so in the world we live in, there's a lot of machines out there you can't turn off, right? You don't know. In fact, sometimes it's really funny. You ask somebody, well, where are your machines running? Well, we don't know. There's somewhere in the cloud. What if you want to turn them off? Well, don't know how. It's kind of like if you have kids, you teach them, you know, don't talk to strangers. Well, how do they know what's a stranger or not? 
The only way they know is the people that they can identify as non-strangers and everybody else is stranger. We're going to be in a position where we're going to say, don't pay any attention to that API. Don't pay any attention to that server, that machine, because it's not trusted. You've got to be able to identify it to do that. You've got to be able to identify the ones that are trusted so you can tell if it's not one of those, it's therefore untrusted. So security becomes identity. And this is something a lot of people are just starting to wrap their mind around. Agreed. Excellent stuff. Jeff, I wish we had another hour or so to talk, but we, we try to keep these at 15 minutes, and we, we've blown past that a while ago. So we're going to need to call it a wrap on, on this episode of DevOps Chat. But maybe, you know, we're getting close to RSA season now. Maybe after the first of the year, we can have you back and, and continue this conversation, because I, I find it fascinating, and I bet you there's a lot of people out there who do as well. Um, well, thank you, Alan. Thanks for everything you do. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for everything you do, and thanks for everything Venify does. I think people take for granted. We worry so much about the weakest link being the guy at the or the person at the keyboard. We forget it could just as easily be the machine if we don't take care of what we need to take care of. So, congratulations to you and the whole Venify team again on on the raise. I know you'll put this money to good use to help make us all more secure and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much, Alan. Have a wonderful day. You too. Jeff Hudson, CEO of Venify. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. Have a great day, everyone.